0: What's up CFE fam? It's Colton and this is the Meet the Coaches segment. On this segment you're going to hear from each one of our coaches individually and you're going to get to hear some of their background stories and interest and hopefully some things that you may or may not have known about them currently. Let's get into it. What's up CFE fam? We are back with the meet the coaches segment and I am sitting here with coach Justin Reynolds. Justin how you doing?
1: Good what's up everybody?
0: (laughs) So we're gonna we're gonna dive in a little bit here and uh, introduce Justin to you guys. Most of you guys have met him he's been your coach or he's at least been in a class with you. Uh, His wife Amber also goes here is a member as well so you guys have seen him around at at the very least Um, but we wanted to kind of Dig a little bit deeper and um, just kind of talk about his background and how he was, where he's from, where he was, how he was brought up, and uh, how he got started with CrossFit, and then how that has made an impact on his life. So, Justin, born and raised here. How's how's the story go? How's it start?
1: Yeah, for the most part, yes, born and raised in Dixon County, but not in Dixon County. So, born here, lived here till my brother was born. And then my dad decided to go to college when I was three, so we moved to Murfreesboro and lived there for 12 years. But virtually every other weekend, pretty much lived here in Dixon, just down the road from here at my grandparents' farm. Just just loved coming down. We, we were family-oriented growing up, so right. down here quite a bit, playing on the farm, getting to play with chickens and cows and goats and all that good stuff. So. Very
0: nice. So... Raised on a farm, what what was that kind of like outside of, obviously, you had a lot of animals you had to take care of. How was it growing up on a farm?
1: I mean, I didn't really get to grow up on the farm, but visiting it, it, it was awesome.
0: Okay, so the farm was a grandparent's yes, then. Grandparent okay. thing. Yes, grandparent's Got thing.
1: it. I lived in the diverse city of Murfreesboro during that time. Good old
0: Murfreesboro, Good old Murfreesboro. I remember that.
1: <laughs> and it was cool. Murfreesboro was cool because... Different from Dixon, there's so many different ethnicities in that town. So it was pretty cool growing up there and getting to live in a fast-paced college town too. Right.
0: So fast-paced college town, a lot more to do in Murfreesboro probably even back then than what there is to do in Dixon now. Yeah, what was what were some things that you did as a hobby growing up um, in, in
1: Murfreesboro? Um, I didn't. So across. I was such a boy scout, so okay. I was kind of one of those guys. So most of my life, childhood, if I wasn't playing with my brother and doing a little bit of baseball and soccer, I was mainly boy scouting. Okay, most of my childhood.
0: Up so a lot of a lot of survival you. and. Um, oh
1: yeah, we we do high adventure, hiking, so, you know, camping, starting fires with no matches, one match. Um, yeah, you know, finding your own
0: food. Did you ever play with uh, when you were a kid? Did you ever play with like the ant the Aunt hill with the Magnifying, uh, magnifying glass and <laughs> I learned just that
1: before <laughs> before Boy Scouts, unfortunately, <laughs> before, <laughs> Boy Scouts. before Boy Scouts, and then that just the enhanced learned, the knowledge
0: yeah. and the talent and the skill. I've always had a love for
1: a little fire. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's <laughs> fun. So, so you did a lot of um, survival based stuff, and then you were in in scouting. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned that you played a little bit of baseball and soccer. Yeah. What was when would, did that happen?
1: Um, mainly like preteen and early teens. I was. Horrible at baseball, but decent at soccer like that. And then I dabbled in a little bit of football, junior high, into the high school and realized I was too tiny and I was never going to get strong enough to play with those guys. So I went to work so I could put gas in my truck. Yeah, yeah. So that's Which, what I did in high school. Yeah. So we moved back here when I was 15 and ninth grade. Yep. And then – So from ninth grade on, you moved
0: here – then and then went to Dixon County High School.
1: Did graduate from Dixon County High School in ninety six. So I'm old, older than y'all think. And uh, <laughs> but at
0: least you're not a hundred like Corey Duke.
1: Yeah, yeah. It could be worse. Well, see, Corey and I graduated together. Ooh.
0: So whose birthday's first?
1: I don't know. Mine's next month. I'll be forty two.
0: Okay, I don't know when Corey's is, but I
1: don't either. It's it's not far. I'm sure.
0: Yeah. But, Yours uh, is at the beginning of the year though, so I don't know. His is his. He's got to be later. So that makes you 101. Of, a,
1: lot time, a lot of the guys who went to school with already are 42. So yeah, no
0: tell. So high school too small to play football. Yeah, right. I, I
1: share a similar story. Um, and then and that was my only experience of ever working out too. Um, okay, it was that little short stint, and it was just bench, little deadlift. I wasn't good at it at all. So right, that was my only real ever experience working out. So right that was. Is that the first gym that you were ever? Yeah, just the high in? school. High school gym was the first gym I ever did anything in. The only thing I've ever done anything
0: in. Okay, so even post sports or high school career, never joined a gym. No. Never did.
1: No, never joined a gym. Never had a gym at. Never had a gym membership.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Um, and then so you started work. What what was work? Well, I did, I went, did a little short stint in college, very short, uh-huh. um, mainly because. Wasn't for me and my mom got sick and had to deal with that too. Right. But then I uh, got snagged up by the railroad. I okay. decided to go to the railroad to get a career at so, 19.
0: so you worked the railroad starting at nineteen. What was your job? What'd you do? And how did you how did you find the railroad? What was the So what got with, you involved with that?
1: A buddy of mine I graduated with. We were deciding what we were gonna do when we grew up. So
0: we almost joined
1: Coast Guard together. We we're gonna sign Buddy System Coast Guard. Okay thought that was the way to go.
0: Yeah, that would be fun.
1: And then we stumbled across uh, a a man here named Colonel Hooper, who was big time on the railroad, had been a big politician for the railroad at one point, and just had had pool at the railroad. And he said that the railroad was hiring, and it might be a place we want to go work. And if we wanted to go, he'd write us a a letter of recommendation to get us hired. Mm -hmm. So that's what we did. We went to railroad school together, me and Josh. Nice. And uh, young dumb and just went down there and got it done nice so how long was the railroad school i think we were down there eight weeks in atlanta came back and then they on job trained us forever
0: and then uh so so i'm curious how what was the placement like um how did the on the job training work were you did you have to specify what position you wanted to work um well, did they place you based off of a certain we, score or skill
1: set or how no, how we, was all that determined? We got we went into the transportation department to start. So we went to be a conductor. Okay. So we didn't pick any other career route. We went transportation, and in transportation is either a conductor or an engineer. Okay. So
0: And explain to people because I I guess just assume <laughs> that one meant the other and the other meant the same.
1: Okay. So
0: so explain to, there used to be people that don't know what the difference is between the engineer and the conductor.
1: Okay, conductors nowadays are the ones that make the switches. If you need to drop off cars or um, connect to some more cars, pick some up, they're the only ones that get off the train and do the legwork for the train.
0: See, and I guess the reason that I was kind of flip-flopped on that and the reason that I was backwards is, is because I think, um conducting like you are leading something right yeah. so you're like up there driving the train
1: well you're manning you
0: wanna, that that gas pedal
1: i guess if you want to put it in those terms and you, and it's almost backwards in that world where you're actually doing more of the leg work well actually if you made me think of something with the word conductor with you saying that um, the conductor does conduct the engineer he is the one giving him motions from far away with okay. a lantern or radio signals okay he's telling him i need you to back up three cars." Nice. And, then, and you're counting that. So you are, you're telling, you're instructing him, conducting him to move that train. Road.
0: Got it. Okay. Yeah. And when you put it that way, it makes makes a lot more sense. I can definitely see that now. So uh, so then it was conductor school. That's what you went for.
1: Yeah. So when well, you learned well, how to do that. Yeah. So when Josh and, then, and I came in, the railroad was in a big turnover as far as a lot of people were retiring. They don't hire a lot of people. Like it's just mm-hmm. not a big thing to do. So most people, when they get that job, they stay. But we just happened to hit when it was a big retirement. So they were losing a lot of engineers too. So okay. they were, they pushed us through rather quickly. I'm saying less than a year I worked there, I was pushed through to an engineer.
0: Okay.
1: And that was another school in Maryland that we had to go to. Josh and I went two different months. I got pushed through a little sooner because my seniority was above his just by luck of draw. Right. So that was another And so couple months. How was
0: you know when they pushed you from conductor to engineer? um was there what do you attribute that to did they just notice um a certain intelligence level in terms of the the work at hand and what no. you were doing the work ethic itself like how did how did they push you or what was the deciding factor on that no we were just cogs in a
1: wheel so okay but you had to go up there and pass the test so if you did not it was your choice you didn't have to go Tensioner school, but I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to do something more than I wanted to drive that sucker. So yeah. it's a big old piece of machinery. Yeah. It's like, give me the give me the wheel,
0: which I didn't realize um, the amount of what basically what you had to know to be able to operate that thing. Because you were explaining to me the other day how the cars stack up and the slack and the tension in yeah. the lines and stuff, yeah. and then when to accelerate, when to decelerate, yeah. and how to know you to rip
1: the train in half.
0: you're coming yeah. over a hill and like all that stuff. So. Can you give just a, a very, bit. very short, brief
1: summary on how that works? But as far as like getting hired, you going to, pay, like, if we didn't pass that test in Maryland, you're fired. So you okay. were gambling to take that leap to go okay. get that position. So, but as far as the training in this territory, with it being so hilly, you have to be concerned with how much of your train is pulling away from you down a hill, like you're pulling it, and how much of some of it's chasing you down another hill. Right. So you have to keep the slack out of all those cars in between, and there's, I'd say there's about three feet of slack between each car. So yeah, and I was just a lot to pay attention to.
0: Yeah, I was just amazed by that. I mean, that's that's a lot to
1: with a hundred cars. You got three hundred foot of slack you're playing
0: with. Yeah, that's wow. So you worked for the railroad for how many years? Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Got out of that. Yep. What was the next step?
1: I was already in the insurance where my mom and dad raised me up as my mom was an insurance agent. Um, most of my life that I knew of mm-hmm. and my dad got into it when she got sick just for just to do it. And he got pretty good at it and I liked what they were doing. So I came back to try it out the old family business. We had a Reynolds insurance agency at the time mm-hmm. and I wasn't that great at it. Cause I need, I need structure. Like mm-hmm. I need like, for things I don't like to do, I need structure. Right. So yep. I wasn't that great at it. Keeps so you went, disciplined. So I went to work for, a, I got a good lead to work at Humana for a good Fortune 100 insurance company. I was a sales agent for them for six years. And mm. it was all right. It was all right. But I always <laughs> had a craving for
0: cooking. Yeah. So. And was that something, so you you craved cooking as kind of like a hobby. Yeah. Where did you pick that up from?
1: So when the first recession happened, well, when, you know, we went through the recession with well, president. You, you went through the recession. Well, I was old enough to go through a little recession. I, I did not. <laughs> go and ahead. Then, and then so when, when um, President Obama was elected, he was shaking up the insurance world with Obamacare and scaring insurance companies pretty hard. So it was a big layoff in the insurance world that wasn't even reported mm-hmm. by the I, we wouldn't even get political. It wasn't reported, but there was, well, I was one of 1,500 for just from one company that was laid off. Right. As soon as the election, as soon as January rolled around, we were laid off. So um, I didn't know what to do. I didn't, know, I didn't know where to go get a job. There wasn't any jobs. So I started yeah. peddling with a garden and a little barbecue on the side in the backyard.
0: Okay. So it was just a little side hustle. Do you have like yeah. a little stand set up on the I side did, of the road? I, did. I, and I
1: stand for vegetables and my barbecue.
0: And that that you grew yourself, right? The vegetables. Yeah. And then you, you cooked the barbecue as well. Correct. Okay. And and I
1: would go to Farmer's Market and sell. I would take Dylan as a little baby.
0: Yeah. So a little little side hustle there. I I had to
1: hustle. There was nothing else going on.
0: Yeah. So then, you know, we had talked kind of before this, and we're actually going to segment this, and we're going to even do like another business podcast where we would love to know more about how the development of that cooking and that kind of that whole startup story ended up to where you're at now, which is –
1: back alley barbecue
0: it's been <laughs> shameless almost, plug Almost
1: eight years now so
0: yeah well congratulations yes. on that and uh for any of you guys that are listening that for some chance have never heard of back alley barbecue or have never been there i, I strongly encourage that you go because it is the best barbecue that i've i've ever had and it's definitely spoiled me anywhere that i go uh, because it's not back alley barbecue so anyway so back alley barbecue bias plug, yeah You own that, run that, correct. And is that where we met?
1: Correct? Yes or no? It is. It is you. The first time I remember ever meeting you, I was like, "Who is this lanky, tall, (laughs) like muscled up dude coming in this joint with Brandon Moxley?" And I, I
0: I think lanky
1: more accurately (laughs) describes me than anything. I hadn't really gotten to know Moxley. Uh, He'd just been coming in the restaurant, and you know, if you've met Moxley his personality comes out to you pretty quick. He's uh, just like, he's that guy. You want to know Moxley. His
0: integrity he just, shines through. He's just through.
1: got a nice shine.
0: Yeah.
1: He glows. So, Oh
0: yeah. He um, glows. That's for sure.
1: No, he's just, I don't know. <laughs> he's just, his energy works. Right. So, um, y'all kept coming in and I had no idea, Ron, Ron, this guy working for me had been crossfitting. Uh-huh. No clue. But y'all kept saying, you know, you need to crossfit, you need to crossfit. I said, I crossfit every Monday when I unload this stupid truck. I do recall you saying that. I don't need do to go you to your yes. class. So that was like the third time I met you, and y'all have been talking to me about it. i uh-huh. coming in with Moxley again. I'm sitting in that little corner wooden table in that <laughs> back room. I know. The roots. Uh-huh.
0: So was that, when, when Ron Ron, your so employee day, at the time, was he the first person that you had ever heard say the word CrossFit, or had you heard of it before?
1: I had actually heard of the word CrossFit Several years ago, not knowing you, but I heard about that other the CrossFit gym that had been down there from a firefighter here named John Davis. And just hearing that word, CrossFit, I've never seen anything about it before, but somehow it just brought up like flipping tires and and doing really stupid hard things. That's all that came to mind.
0: That pretty much sums it up. No, I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) kidding. I I had no idea what it truly was. Um, So anyway with ron so later that afternoon after i saw you ron i was like yeah man i go and i was like man if you go to crossfit i go to crossfit yeah i've been running i thought i was good i thought you know i'm somewhat shaped Uh i can do it (laughs) yeah i remember that first class
0: so intro now um, you finally decided you you pulled the trigger and you decided to join Mm -hmm. you came in you tried to class out first
1: right am i right that? amber and i dropped in like all right Okay. I said, seriously, if Ron and Ron can do this, we can do this. Let's go. Okay. And, and you dropped in. Ron was like, yeah, you know, so we all came in there together. And I, I don't know if it was Cindy, but it was very similar. I know we did a lot of pull ups and we had bands because everybody back then was new. So it was October uh,
0: 2016. 2016.
1: Yeah. So
0: we actually opened um, the month before. Like we opened, I say the month before, literally, I had a very soft opening end of august like literally 28 29th like whatever going into september and then we did officially open like september so and then you showed up in october so we were still pretty new at that point in time um but you said it was like a cindy ish style workout basically probably a body weight high volume workout
1: yes, i remember that um, and how did you feel after your first workout I don't know why, but I immediately wanted to do it again. <laughs> <The> <laughs> like next day. I can't explain this. But I hated it, and I remember never being that sore in my life. You know, for a while, like yeah. two weeks. I'm like, man, this soreness was nuts.
0: You know, it, it hits you hard in the beginning, especially when you when you're new to it, because you don't know and you don't know pace, you don't know the movements, you don't know um, volume or intensity at that point. So you just go. Yeah. I mean, you just go for what you know. Yeah, <laughs> you do until you literally you just kind of crash. At well, you that come point. in
1: here and you realize, but as fit as I think,
0: right? And and so there's this wake up call, or this wake up moment for people where they just they it's hard, but they love it. Yeah, and like man, that was well, that,
1: feel that like hurt that. in the moment,
0: but it was so cool and it was so much fun. And
1: I know what I just did had to chisel something like that had to change me, right? Like there's no way that didn't just change something.
0: Yeah. And so that was your first workout. Yeah. And you, you thought to yourself, like, man, I just I kind of wanted to do it I again. I to see what's next. Yes. So what brought you back? What did you feel like? Where I was that switch?
1: To see what was next. I just needed to know what else. Like, well, okay, what, what else do y'all do? Right. Like, that was crazy. What else is crazy? And yeah. I, just, I don't know. I liked. So I didn't know a soul in there. Mm-hmm. I just loved the attitude and the, the setup, the style. I mean, you could tell you were fresh at it. But you knew what you were doing, so right. it was just—it was well, just refreshing scary. to come in there and like. And I also knew, so I've been trying to run. Amber and I've been trying to trail run and trying uh-huh. to do some running here and there. And Dylan and I was running, but it just—you know—it it felt forced and
0: yeah,
1: wasn't going for. I was, i don't feel like I was getting much better at anything. And you know, I came in there, and I was like, "This is the structure I need," because I know, like I said earlier, I need structure if I don't like doing it particularly. So right. I need somebody to help guide me push me down that way right and
0: then you know us being different in that field where we actually had the coaches on site yeah. that are there to to uh, guide you and lead you mm-hmm. along this this path and this journey of, of health um, so something that I think is very interesting and I know a little bit more about the backstory but I want you to elaborate um, for other people to hear is you were running yes You tried CrossFit. You thought you were fit. Oh, yeah. I was humbled immediately. Humbled is a a great way to put it. What were you doing that caused you to run? Why did you pick up running? And what kept you running before there were some habits in place? (laughs) And then how did that affect you coming in? And what has been your experience now that you've been doing CrossFit for a little while versus what you were doing with running? And how is that kind of that whole uh, that whole change, I guess, to the lifestyle habits for you taking place?
1: Well, I wasn't the healthiest guy growing up. (laughs) I, you know, and I don't know. I I got into a bad habit. I I smoked for quite most of my life, most of my teenage into my twenties. I quit off and on here and there, but I never had anything like really help me. So. One day I decided I'm just going to start running hard again. And that that you know anything that takes your focus off of it helps, like push yourself into something else. that's uncomfortable. so
0: did you you just quit cold turkey? Cold turkey
1: four four years ago. Congratulations, man! Four years ago, back you know first of the year. So
0: I think it's yeah, a new, lot.
1: Your new me does work. <laughs> I you know
0: what though? I mean I do think that is a huge uh, that's a huge feat. That's not something to be overlooked or taken lightly. So congratulations you. to you. That's, that's a big deal.
1: So running was also just a way to get away from it and to heal. just was to, you know, give myself another Avenue. Every time I felt like I needed one, I would take off for a mile. Mm-hmm. And then I just got to where I was just running all the time. So, and I, I had other stints before I opened my business. I remember running three miles a night. Yeah. Cause I was stressed out, didn't know what to do. I was just taking a break from the barbecue world and everything. And you know, that was great. But coming in here is a different, Different workouts. Running can only get you so far, right? Period. Uh, my my cardio, my my lungs are so much stronger from coming in here versus just running. Like you get out of breath running, but not out of breath like this. Yeah, no way.
0: Yeah, no, it, it is different. You know, um, the the type of cardiorespiratory endurance that we can deliver from modal domains and and literally as many different time domains as you can dream up as well um, is, is pretty fascinating if you've never done it before. And it's also incredibly effective. Um, And most people look at a barbell and they think like, Oh, heavy weights immediately is just like the first thought that comes to their mind. It's like, no, we can get you out of breath with that barbell too. You know, probably even arguably more so than, just run, running alone. But it, run. it, it would even depend on what type of running and how long and the intensity and all that stuff. But um but yeah, man. So
1: I'm not gonna I'm gonna I'm just gonna go out there. I don't think many joggers will ever experience Fran lung.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh yet again I think uh like with,
1: pretty hard. <laughs>
0: I think with the right uh intervals and and uh you know landscape. And and mental toughness that the individual possesses, I think you can most certainly push yourself to that point. Yeah, um, like that. But all those elements n- most certainly have to be in in place for that to happen. So, so back to smoked, quit Good. cold turkey, started running. Every time you felt like you wanted one, you took off running again, yep. just to kind of get your mind off of it, mm-hmm. which is a, you know a great kind of positive feedback because you instantly get out of breath and you're thinking like, crap, I I hate the way I feel right now. And so then you come in here and it's a different type of breathing, but you still are experiencing the same, like kind of shortness of breath. And I remember, um, even at the old gym and I say old gym, our first location, you made the comment on so many different accounts. And I remember it literally, I can hear you say it right now is, uh, who's who sucked the oxygen out of the room? where did it go and uh but how has that how have you progressed in terms of where you feel like your lung capacity is at now oh, yeah. where you feel like your workouts so have
1: gone better. like where explain that to me i mean in the beginning it was times where you know it hurts to breathe like physically hard to breathe mm-hmm. but now it's I don't even know. My, I mean, my lungs feel so good. Like I can't even feel them, but yeah, there would be times I would panic. I would go outside and say, there's no oxygen. I'd, I'd be, I'd have to quit the workout, go outside and get air, come back.
0: Yeah. And that's just from years and years yeah, of damage. Abuse, damage. And, but now, I mean, we're on the mend, right? We've, Gotta we've be. cured that. Gotta be. And and we're in that, that healing process. And, and it's, we're really far along in
1: it now, yeah. actually. Um, so yeah, man, congrats to you. So yeah, now I get out of breath. Don't panic. I know I'm gonna live. Just yeah. keep breathing. It's so awesome. Yeah.
0: So you've been doing CrossFit now with us for three years. Three years.
1: Over. Well, over and you years. are
0: now, and I'm proud to say, a coach here. How did that uh how did that come about? What what got you thinking about maybe wanting to coach? And how did you start or begin to initiate that process? What did you do?
1: There was there was a couple of factors uh, that wanted me that drove me to want to be a coach, and I would say, well, first one would be knowledge. I just really wanted to know, like, how did he know? How did he learn all this? Like, where did he get this knowledge? I want to go, in, and you talked about it, and then I did some I did some video research on people that did testimonials. And people that did not even teach, they just went just to get the knowledge. And everybody, like not one person said they hated going to level one. So I'm like, all right, I got to go do this. I'm going to check mm-hmm. it out. And the other is, y'all, our coach is awesome. So I had, he needed help with classes. He he needed a real relief back in the day. And I just wanted to help him. I believe in this place so much. I wanted to help him. So Well, I appreciate that. It means right a there. lot. Yeah.
0: So. No, I, I'm very, like I said, but nailed grateful for that and
1: just help you guys just it's fun to coach yeah it's fun to see the progress everybody makes how they're just improving overall so
0: rewarding so rewarding and when you can implement and create impact and real change in an individual's life like that is um, it's almost it's beyond rewarding just to watch somebody's life benefit for the better um, and, and progress for the better and uh, and yeah, man, that's what keeps us showing up and coaching every single day is just creating that change and adding value as much as we can, um, to to everybody here. So, um, so you went to your level one. Yep,
1: it was awesome. How hard. how is the?
0: Awesome. Yeah, how is the coaching gone so far? Are you still? Uh,
1: I wasn't a good is coach. It, is it
0: everything that you thought it was
1: going to be? Uh, no, it was hard, harder than it looks. Um, you know, because you're telling grown people what to do. Right. And like I'm having to correct you, yeah. and sometimes you don't want to be corrected. Some people don't like that, but you know we're doing it for your own good. I, I'm in here now. Like when I first got in here, I wasn't. I was just here, you know, like doing this. I want to be strong, but now I'm thinking I want to do this forever. So yeah, we're in here just to, to be injury free, to work out forever, and to feel this good forever as, yeah. long as and, we can possibly make this happen,
0: and and the realization of that comes when we're able to check the ego at the door. Yeah, definitely. And literally, everybody in here is on the same playing field. We all want the same, uh, same results. You know, relatively speaking, uh, but we're all chasing health, right? And and we the are. variables and the measures of that for each person is going to be a little bit different, but um, that's what we're all after. And so when we start to understand and realize, like, yeah, we're going to push you. And, yeah, we want to get what's, what's the, the best out of you that we can for that day and just make you better every single day. You know, We're not chasing perfection every day because that may never happen. But we do want to see better every single day. And when we start realizing that, that's when the real change happens. That's when the real shift happens and all these lifestyle habits um, and adaptations start to occur and take place. And that's where the real reward is at for everybody.
1: You know, don't don't chase the weight, chase the fitness. Like don't go for the heaviest, worst looking lift you can come up with. Let's go for longevity. Let's be the healthiest lift. You exactly. Can. Yeah. Like I wanna, I love to snatch. Oh, I do too. It's funny. You know, yeah. but I want to
0: snatch for ever the rest of my life. I don't just want to hit you know the heaviest weight possible and blow my shoulder out yeah. and have to you know have surgery and be told I can never snatch again.
1: Like I still want to be able to ski till I'm able to ski like forever i don't ever want it to hurt or be injured from it so i want to keep coming here do the longevity things and keep having fun in life exactly
0: cool well so i got a couple of questions for you kind of wrap this up um great backstory though i think um hopefully people will learn some stuff maybe they didn't know about you before
1: um
0: maybe some people have heard it before and that's fine uh but hopefully everybody will kind of get to know justin reynolds a little bit little bit better. Um, and if you know him the way that I know him, he's, he truly is, uh, he works hard at coaching. He works hard, um, as an athlete. And yet again, we are here every day just to watch everybody grow and get better. And that's our job. So, um, he takes that to heart and, uh, everything that he says or does is still always, and, and forever will be with your best interest in mind. So, uh, a couple of questions real quick. What's your, as an athlete, What's your favorite movement to do?
1: I'd say the coolest movement we do in here is snatch. It just feels so rad to take something in that position and just throw it over your head like that in one single movement. Yeah, Cleaning jerks, powerful and the cool thing, but snatch. Snatch. Okay. As a coach, what's your least favorite movement to coach? Oh, to coach? To coach. Ooh, deadlift because everybody, uh, because I'm not really great at it, but. I really wanted you to be good at it, but, you know, it's just hard. It's just a hard movement, Coach, because it's a basis of everything we do. Awesome. But I hate burpees.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for Coach Reynolds. We'll see you guys next time.
1: See you guys.